welcome to Patch Notes. Uh, we're back again, second week in a row. Hi, John. Yep. How are you? Hey, I'm fine. The Queen died. Uh, well, uh, allegedly, at this point, we don't no, know. no, no. It was announced. I believe it was just Has announced. It finally been announced. Yeah, we're I, recording I, this in the afternoon. I saw it was um, announced by someone called like Breaking with an extra G, uh, BBC News, that a bunch of a bunch of like people who definitely should have known better uh, retweeted. Um, uh, CNN but, uh, verified breaking Queen Elizabeth II, a beacon of stability after more than 70 years on the British throne, dies at 96. Well, yeah, okay. Palace announces. Sure. Um, that, that's that's you know, that's pretty much what you need for for confirmation on that one. Um, I want I have a obituary here I want to read. Um, okay. It's uh, by uh, Twitter user at round underscore S.A. underscore veal. Uh, handle gaming disorder pog um and the obituary reads as follows please be respectful when talking about the queen she was a head of state a monarch a mother to multiple pedophiles and most importantly a devoted cousin to her husband <laughs> that's pretty good yeah. that's pretty good um well, what can you say? She uh, she taught me it was okay to be weird. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as we're concerned, it actually uh, postpones a Nintendo Direct that was supposed to go on this afternoon. Oh, does it? Are they are yeah. they not doing the Nintendo? Yeah. Direct apparently, well, they haven't given a reason yet. But Jeff Grubb uh, of Grubb Snacks um, over at Giant Bomb says that he believes that is the reason. It has been given an unexplained postponement. That's extremely funny. Yes, it is. Ext- it's very funny. Why? Why would they do that? Okay, well, good. all right. Thanks, Nintendo. Um, you know, we every everyone respects your uh, your commitment to uh, making sure British people feel okay. Um, I know a lot of British uh, pundits, not a lot of British people I follow, but a lot of British pundits are saying, you know, like be be respectful. Uh, a lot, for a lot of people, this was their grandma. Yeah, I'm making fun um, of one online right now. No, um, fair enough. Yeah, that's that's good. He actually lives in New York, I believe, according to his bio. But uh, Ben Judah, who has been, uh, he's been the main character before for reasons that are closely related to being like a British flavored uh, Jonathan Chait or uh, Josh Barrow. Can you believe, um, can you imagine being a British flavored Jonathan Tate Chait? Um, like that, what a terrifying reality. That I bet would be. it comes with a lot of money though. Like I could use that money. Like I bet I mean, being maybe. a being a I British, know, I don't know about a lot of money. I think maybe but being a British Jonathan Chait, that's gotta be like high six figures. Like no, those guys. Chait um, Chait gets paid. He doesn't get paid high six figures. Oh yes, uh, he's like he's like he's actually in management over at that at that rag he writes for um, no. New York Magazine, I believe. Okay, well, no, then then I guess I I I don't I still don't know if I'd say high six. Plus, like speaking engagements, sure, sure. speaking engagements that and like the book grifts and all that. I I believe those men have money, um, okay. and I would be more than willing to restrict um, <laughs> restrict engagement on my tweets to followers and uh, people with blue checks only, uh, if in return I was living that lifestyle. Um, Fair enough. I mean, I can understand because I have that, no yeah. principles. Listen, um, it's important to have zero principles um, in in this in this hell in this hell of a world. Um, yeah. uh, well, anyway, uh, God, uh, big news to start out. I I would dare say gaming news. Someone pointed out that there was a mission in a hit in a Hitman game where you basically kill the queen, which uh, to me feels like this is uh, gaming news. So yeah. Oh, uh, here is how Ben Judah is actually gaming news. He uh, he's been getting made fun of in his mentions. Um. So he, of course, has come up with a diagnosis about how his mentions are actually a huge problem for the rest of the world. 
and a sign of of, of greater social problems. I mean, it makes sense, um, yeah. Uh, tweet reads from Ben Judah under uh, handle B underscore Judah. Um, gamer energy in American Twitter. One more meme dunk post will just own and destroy them. It's a horrible global export of the way they have to do things in their polarized politics and totally inimical to discussing foreign countries. Europeans shouldn't hesitate to say this. One, Ben, you're not a European. You guys had an entire political process over this. You're not a European anymore. They don't want uh, advice from you. You know, go pay your heating bill. Um, to gamer energy is quite different. It's a very different thing than just being mad at a British person online. Really um, weird. Yeah, yeah. I, like I don't, I don't, I don't exactly. I guess like maybe what he means is like it's it's a constant sort of like attempt to, uh, like one up. Yeah, or yeah. Get like he means points. he means get. It, he want, He's talking about people who want to get to the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, um, yeah. Game energy in America means using racial slurs. Then uh, you got to get with you got to get with the time. That's what that's what when and when I haven't we seen say, anyone using racial slurs in his mentions. Yeah, it's no, sort of um, underachieving that way. Yeah, so the, that's that's the gaming connection uh, that um, the Very Queen exciting. has to current events right now that are happening. Um, been kind of a light week for news outside of the big thing we're going to talk about. And there's also uh, a wrestling connection I can talk about. Oh, God. A professional wrestling thing. Are you going to tell us? Yes, because okay. of um, AEW is a video game that is heavily impacted by what's going on in that company. Is, CW, um, right is, he, is, is he still a member of AEW at this point? I, I can't. All right, let's, yeah, let's just get into it. All right, I'm um, going to mute for like five minutes. You just tell everyone what's going on. <laughs> okay. So uh, one of the. Um, Two biggest professional wrestling companies in America are WWE, obviously, and they're not relevant to the conversation. Right under them is AEW. They were founded uh, four years ago by um, five people. Uh, one is Cody Rhodes. He's no longer with the companies with WWE. He dresses like Homelander, um, and his like his gimmick is that he's Homelander, but a good guy. So like Homelander for that small section of the audience that doesn't understand how the boys is satire. So that's he's Cody Superman? Rhodes. Yeah, but fascist. Um, okay. like he's got this, uh, Google Cody Rhodes neck tattoo. Okay. All of you at home, but also Trev. All right. Let's, let's see. Do, 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 do Cody Rhodes neck. There it is. So a he, terrible he, tattoo. Oh my God. He's word. got that on his neck. Um, wow. Can you imagine? It's so bad that I, I feel like he, he got it with the knowledge that he was going to WWE where he doesn't run things. And like, Anytime they like say, well, what if you tried doing something else as your gimmick besides um, Homelander? He's like, well, y'all look at my neck tattoo. It's just going to it's going to clash. The colors are all different. Is um, is he co- is he Dusty Rhodes? Son? Yes, he is the son of Weird. Dusty Rhodes. He is the younger brother of the character Goldust. If you remember the character Goldust from. I didn't realize Goldust was related to Dusty Rhodes. That's cool. The most homophobic storylines in WWE history. Um I mean, it gets up there. They were pretty bad. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't blame uh, Dustin because, yeah, he's Dusty Jr. He's, everyone calls him Dustin. Um, I don't blame Dustin Rhodes for that entirely, but you know, it is what it is. Gold Dust um, was, you know, um, not only just you know uncomfortable, but also like boring and tedious. Like he was always trying to fuck some dude's wife. Then, uh, uh, but how is he homophobic who, then? Well, because like he was always trying to fuck some dude's wife to prove he wasn't gay because he dressed weird. 
Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So that was the plot line. All right. All right. Um, um, and if you know anything about Vince McMahon, none of this surprises you because Vince McMahon was writing all of that shit. And Vince McMahon is just a pure chaotic ball of id. Um, and we could do an entire other podcast on Vince, so we'll, we'll drop Vince right now. So Cody Rhodes was the first one. He's gone. The second one is uh, Kenny Omega, who is a wrestler who was huge in New Japan Pro Wrestling for, a lot, uh, um, for about you know, four or five years. Uh, before that, he was huge in DDT Wrestling, which is a smaller Japanese promotion, mostly dedicated to comedy, uh, but also has a high-end, like, you know, main event scene where guys put on serious matches. Um, he once wrestled a uh, blow-up sex doll. Um, he once wrestled a eight-year-old girl. Uh, she beat him. Um, <laughs> the, con- the concept of the match when you're wrestling an eight-year-old girl is you are just going to do moves to yourself. And they're and the same with the sex doll, you know. Um, and you know, his, his tag team partner slash kayfabe boyfriend, uh, Kota Ibushi, another wrestler who went to DDT in the new Japan, um, also did the same match. And, and it was a very, very good match. It was like a 17 minute match with a, with a blow up doll. Cause what happens is you just do moves to yourself. Yeah. Um, sure. uh, and so there's that, uh, he, he was the brought in as like the, the top single star of the company. Kota was Co- Cody Rhodes was the like executive slash, like I'm the guy who's going to be on the microphone saying, welcome to the arena fans. Kind of like of Vince the, McMahon. Yeah. He was sort of like the on-screen authority figure, but he wasn't actually because they took his booking rights away. Um, so he couldn't actually run, you know, he, Cody got into a position where like he had his 20 minutes in the company and it was just the separate 20 minutes in the Cody verse separate from everybody else and what everybody else was doing. And it rarely interacted with anybody else's stuff because he was allowed to book his own things. But all right. So then there was the young bucks who who was the tag team that came over with Kenny Omega. Um, Then there was, and they are probably one of the best tag teams in the world, uh, arguably the best tag team in the world. Some people hate how they, how they wrestle. I don't. Um, but they're one of those things where it's like 80% of people of hardcore fans. All uh, right. 75% of hardcore fans love them. A lot of casual fans love them. 25% fucking hate them and think they're okay. damaging to the sport of professional wrestling. Um, which gives you a lot of AEW's detractors are from that 25%. Um, and then there's a guy named Hangman Adam Page. Who was a mid Carter, like a, a middle of the road guy in New Japan and the old Ring of Honor promotion from America in the 2012 to 13 area. Um, and, you know, the biggest story from the first two years of the company was Hangman Adam Page becoming world champion. Those four guys, f- five guys are the elite. And then. There's Tony Khan, the son of the billionaire owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tony Khan. Khan. Yay. And, um, and owner of Fulton. So that's where the money is. That That's the guy with the money. And Tony Khan has been a, uh, a wrestling a fan, super fan, kind of like, un, like, like creepily or like really, 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 really super focused and wanted to run his own promotion for like 15 to 20 years. Basically, ever since he, you know, you know, ever since he started watching television as like, a, you know, a tween or whatever, he has been into professional wrestling. Um, Luckily, so he's rich. Those, those are the elite. Those are the guys who founded the company. Um, and that's, you know, the company's called All Elite Wrestling. They are the elite. Um, they had the, except for Cody, who was kind of, uh, Cody's um, ring name, uh, um, 
not his ring name. It's, you know, Nick, he was given a derisive nickname on uh, Twitter, the three-star general, because the most popular match rating system for um, wrestling is rating a match one to five stars. And so he was the three-star general because you could put him in there with anyone and you get a three-star match. And, you know, there's value to that guy. Um, it seems like a nice, uh, honestly, like a nice nickname. It would be if the guy's gimmick wasn't that he's Homelander. Where do you uh-huh. think that guy's ego is? Uh, probably pretty low. He's probably yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty reasonable dude. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I like Cody. He's just insane. Like he's mm-hmm. insane in a way that I only want to watch him on television. I don't think I'd ever want to be anywhere near him in real life. Um, but I think he's doing very well over in WWE. And he's actually uh, of all these people right now, he's the guy in the best position um, in his company because everyone in the elite got themselves suspended except for hangman. Um, so what happened was they want, when the company was founded, they wanted to bring CM Punk in, uh, and CM Punk was like, fuck no. Um, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't trust you. I don't know you people. I don't trust you guys. Um, I guess the nicer way of phrasing this is that, you know, he had questions that money wasn't going to answer about, you know, reputation, how backstage would work, you know, punk. Um, I've never been a CM Punk guy, so this is going to be extremely like, um, I'm going to brush off a lot of his concerns, especially from the past when I didn't watch him. Um, but he was in WWE for a long time. He walked famously walked out of WWE um, in a a tenure as a top guy there that ended in lawsuits. Um, there's an entire disintegration of a friendship with a, a tag team partner of his who goes by the name Colt Cabana. Um, he used to be his best friend and now is so persona non grata in his life that when Hangman Adam Page brought him up obliquely, like not even by name, not even even sort of by name, in um, a promo in May, I believe it was, uh, that CM Punk lost his fucking mind um, and swore revenge and led to what the suspensions and we had uh, after the pay-per-view on Sunday. Um because Cole Cabana worked at all elite wrestling before. Because when Punk said no, they said, "All right, fine. We're we're not. We're going to move away from this guy. We'll hire Colt Cabana to be just a dude. He he works on the lower mid card. He like he comes in. He does comedy matches. There was a point where uh, a story with him was he was being recruited into a cult. Um, Colt Cabana. Um, oh, that's fun. A, yeah. Um, you know, and he, and as soon as Punk arrived, he vanished. Uh, but he'd already been like sort of on the verge of vanishing for a while. He was never a big part of the show. Um, a lot of people in retro- in retrospect are like, "Oh, uh, but the Cole Cabana, he's one of those original AEW guys." Well, not really. He was, you know, he was such a big part of the show. Well, not really. You know, and if we if we have to make a choice between CM Punk and Cole Cabana, you didn't because he was barely on the show. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, it was. If not for the fact that people in the locker room took Colt being removed from TV and reassigned to Ring of Honor, which Tony Khan had bought at this point um, as a separate rec- re- uh, wrestling promotion. You know, if people backstage hadn't gotten in their minds that this was punishment for that, no one in the crowd was going, oh, well, Colt Cabana isn't on TV anymore. There, there must be <laughs> there must be something up here. Right, um, right. <laughs> you know, and yeah, so... Um, Long story short, Hangman cuts this promo in a build-up to their match where Punk is supposed to get the title, where he says, you know, you're, you're, you say you're for workers' rights, but you don't live that backstage. And that's Ooh. what he says. That, that's the entire content of what he says. Never says Colt Commander's name, but it's very obvious to Punk who he's referring to. Uh, because 
and and he thinks that Paige and Paige's buddies, the, the Jacksons, the the Young Bucks, uh, Nick, Nick and Matt Jackson are their names, uh, have have been leaking this to their sheets and are planning this and are are trying to turn the locker room against him and destroy him. And um, after the championship match, he breaks his foot. Punk does. He does a crowd oh. dive and breaks his foot on it. Yeah, the, literally his first time going to an AEW ring after winning the belt, he breaks his foot. Broke his foot. And he's sidelined. He's sidelined for four months. Oh boy! And apparently, he spends those entire four months stewing. But he comes back, runs in, does a does a, you know does a save at the end of a, a weekly show uh, a couple weeks back. Opens the next show by coming out cha- and challenging Hangman to a match. When he doesn't immediately come out, calls him a coward. And says, yeah, and then proceeds to go on with what he was actually supposed to be out there to do, um, which was uh, develop his match with AEW's uh, top guy John Moxley. Um, this didn't go over well uh, because obviously Paige was like not expecting to go out there do a match, um, and now he looks like a coward because yeah. the guy, the one of the most popular guys in the country in the company, called him out. He didn't come out and called him a coward. Uh, because so it's like fans are trained to understand this shit as, you know, when a guy is called out from the back, he comes out from the back. That's, you know, the, that's part of the, the the shared fiction, the disbelief. When it doesn't happen, the guy is a coward uh, in the story. So that um, that didn't go over well, continued to build. Now, like half the locker room or whatever is against him. But CM Punk has his defenders because, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Paige started it, let's say. Um now, Paige said what he said in the middle of building to a match, and he didn't mention anybody by name. And, you know, the entire storyline that everybody's been building for months with Punk was that he was one guy in public and another guy in private. And, you know, Hangman's line pay, played into that. Like, you know, to uh, multiple other guys in the company had said stuff like that, like Eddie Kingston, like um, who's this brawling, drunk, uh, brawling heel, like construction worker guy. Um who is also like he's like vicious and violent and angry. And he called Punk a two faced uh preening liar, basically. Who acts like one guy in public, another guy in private. <laughs> Excuse me. And um so but when when Punk when Paige did it, it, you know, turned him nuts. So locker room split, the match happens with Moxley at all out. Punk hurts himself again. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he has torn his his pectoral muscle and tricep off the bone. He is going to be gone for nine months. I really should like probably not be wrestling. Yeah. Well, what he does, well, well, he made sure that what he did next was so with this injury, he probably he knew he was hurt. He didn't know how bad he was hurt. You could tell he knew he was hurt because he was he was at the press conference and he had all these cans of soda, right? Like iced cans of soda, and he was mm-hmm. using them as like ice packs. Oh. On his on his tricep and pack. Yeah, that's not good. Um, as he goes off on this rant, um, he says the elite because uh, the elite are all executive vice presidents. I, I think except for Adam Page. I don't know what Adam Page's situation is. Obviously, Cody's gone, so he's not an executive vice president anymore. But Omega and the two bucks are both EVP are all EVPs. Um, he says that they uh, they aren't qualified to manage a target. Um, you know that the the entire company. Uh, the entire he's tired. Of, he's sick and tired of all these young guys uh, that don't know shit trying to talk to him and guys that won't take advice. 
because uh, apparently one of the things he's, at, he's mad at Paige about is that Paige didn't want his veteran advice. Paige is 31 years old and has been wrestling for 12 years. And when Punk started coming in to give his advice, uh, Hangman was either the, the either held the top, top belt in the company or was a week or two away from holding the top, top belt in the company. Uh, and so he just sort of laughed Punk off, apparently. Um, and Punk, you know, you know that Michael Jordan image, and I took that personally. Yeah, I do know that image. Well, CM Punk is also from Chicago. Um, <laughs> and so uh, he goes on this rant that's basically, it's, an, it's a rant that she got that we should get you fired. Um, if you weren't clear, if it wasn't wrestling where everything's fake and everything can be used to do business, uh, this is a rant that we get you fired. Um, and Tony Khan is just sitting there and he just takes it. And frankly, Tony Khan should just sit there and take it because Tony Khan isn't a big muscle man. He shouldn't be beating like he shouldn't be doing power plays on stars in public. He shouldn't be like inserting himself into angles. He shouldn't be a character on the show. He should well, yeah, just that's, sit that's there. why yeah. people I mean, from what I can understand, and this is that I don't know anything about wrestling, but that's why people like AEW as opposed to um, WWE. Yeah, right. Um, cause you know, Tony Khan's the son of a billionaire. He's going to be a billionaire one day. We have our problems with billionaires, but from an entertainment perspective, keep that shit off screen, keep the mm-hmm. billionaire off screen. And CM Punk did his best not to keep this shit off screen because he did it with, uh, Khan sitting right next to him. And people are like, well, why didn't Khan take his mic? Why didn't Khan call for security? Motherfucker. Then it's a story. Right. Like you, you let the guy talk himself out. Then you go in the back with everyone and you figure out how to do business. Like you're not, Khan is not a character. It should, it, he wasn't a character. Uh, he was very good at avoiding being a character in AEW until last weekend. Now right. he's the on screen general manager as of Wednesday, which was a box that they probably shouldn't have opened because the guy can't speak on a mic to save his life. Um, it's very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable watching him speaking like he he's a guy who looks like he has stage fright all the time. Oh, no. Um, he's you know, he, he can't. He, he's, he, the man has a zero in public speaking out of 10 um, in his. That's, that's unfortunate. Category. Yeah, it, it's not not the skill set you want to be the, the face of a wrestling company. Um, so he he does his barn burner, say his barn burner saying he sells, says yet the EVPs, if they're any kind of men, if they want to talk about it, they can come find him. So what, what do you think happens within five minutes? Uh, punk comes and finds him. Yeah. They come and find punk in his, uh, in his training room. Um, there's two sides of this story. Both are ridiculous. Um, both agree that CM punks bagman slash valet slash, um, an actual producer at AEW, a guy who works there by the stage name of a steel bites, Kenny Omega, um, Ah. like with his mouth. What? And we're not talking like Kenny Omega has a headlock in and the guy bites his arm to get out of the headlock. The story appears to be that um, the the Bucks, the the point of contention is how hot the Bucks entered the room, because what everyone seems to agree on is that Punk threw the first punch with his fucked up arm, probably with the other arm. But he had a fucked up arm and decided to start a fight. Um, Ace Steel threw a chair that caught the other Buck in the eye. Jeez. And and then a steel bit Kenny Omega. And the, in the Bucks telling, the way this story works is they come in, they bring the head of legal with them because they their version of the story is that this is a um this is like a this is like an HR meeting, which is insane going into an HR meeting in your ring gear. It's so um, funny. Like and also yeah. clearly furious. Like the guy didn't say 
CM Punk said, come find me. You know what you're going to do when you come find him. It's not having a, a nice conversation. You're not doing um, an, AR, an HR meeting. Yeah, but they brought the head of legal anyway. Um, so their version of the story is they enter the room. Uh, shit goes bad. Kenny Omega immediately scrambles to grab CM Punk's dog. He has this little dog named Larry. Omega scrambles to grab his dog because he sees the dog is in the path of the fight. Hands the dog off to the head of legal and then gets bitten. What? Not by the dog. Not by the dog. By, by, by the producer. Yeah. Ace Steel. Um, if you've seen wow. Ace Steel, if you've seen Ace Steel, I mean Google, um, Google Ace Steel. Just AEW Ace Steel or Wrestler Ace Steel. That looks like a guy you could bite. Yeah, you right? could bite. And the guy might be inclined to bite. Like, you know, <sighs> biting has been part of his matches before, because the guy is obviously a former wrestler. Yeah. Um, so they agree on, basically, that punches were thrown. Punk basically started it. Um, although I, I think that is going to morph back into a point of contention as lawsuits get involved. Who started it will... There was a very funny part. Punk's side of the um, of the argument, because obviously both sides have been leaking to the to the specialty press that covers uh, wrestling, the dirt sheets. Punk's version of the story, which I think comes from A. Steel himself, um, or people think comes from A. Steel himself. I'm not like the great prognosticator here. Involves the Bucks kicking the door down. <laughs> now the Bucks are kind of flippy small guys one i'm not saying they couldn't kick a door down they're they're athletic they're in shape and you know quote unquote flippy small guy for a wrestler is still a pretty big dude right right that said their finishing move is the super kick so they so punk's account is punk's account is basically that the young bucks did their finisher on the door sure why not and the door opened because they, that's how good they are at kicking. Like Punk's Punk side's account puts over the Young Bucks super kick as powerful and badass. Yeah, which no, is I, fucking I ridiculous. That's cool. Um, obviously, the elites um, version of events have the door unlocked and they just open the door um, after banging on it because they didn't they didn't just barge in, but they opened the door after banging on it and Punk not answering. Um, everyone. So the discipline involved is everyone suspended. Um, which is where how this story's eventual connection to video games comes in. Um, oh, there's a so connection. Okay, there is a connection. So, parallel to this, AEW is developing a video game. They've been developing a video game for like two and a half years now. Uh, they're doing it with Yuke's uh, Yuke's um, Entertainment, I think they're called. It's a it's a Japanese company. They are they are basically the guys who do video games. Yuke's Company Limited is their full name. Um, they've been doing. Uh, they've been the name in pro wrestling video games out of Japan for about 20 years now. They originally did uh, the original New Japan games, um, whose uh, whose name I, I forget. At one point, they actually were the owners of New Japan. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because because there was a weird, it was a very, very um, brief period of ownership for the company Bushi Road bought them. But it was after uh, there were there were some very bad struggles with finances for New Japan uh, in the early 2010, early, early 2000s. Uh, and they were somehow involved there. Um, 
Yeah, they are. Um, I think they're somehow responsible for the biggest event in New Japan being called Wrestle Kingdom. But uh, yeah, they started making oh. um, wrestling video games in 1995, um, and they have been doing it ever since. Their first wow. uh, title is New Japan Pro Wrestling Tokon Retsuden, um, uh, that was released the same year as their other legendary title, uh, Hermie Hopperhead Scrap Panic, uh, for the PlayStation. Okay. Um, so they did a bu- yeah they did a bunch of New Japan stuff. Uh, then WWF, um, eventually WWE. Uh, picked them up with THQ as a publisher for all those wrestling games you actually remember, like the SmackDown game, SmackDown 2, the Know Your Roll, Shut Your Mouth games, the WrestleMania games that made it onto GameCube. Yeah, at one point they had, like, the SmackDown games were on PlayStation, the WrestleMania games were on GameCube, and the two were, like, completely different games, mm-hmm. but they were made by the same company. Oh, that's funny. And they, they played, like, more than slightly differently. And so Ux has been making these games... Uh, forever. Eventually, 2K Sports took over the WWE side of things um, in 2013, and so they've just no, no, that's still Ukes. It's the publisher. It's 2K Sports. Um, so yeah, they've just, it's uh, they they stopped developing the actual games with uh, 2020 or 2022, whichever. Like the most recent WWE game is is not a Ukes product, but um, that's because they're working for AEW now. Um, and this game's been in development for two and a half years, two years. Um, it's sort of been uh, people. So like the people who've been reporting on aren't games reporters. So they sort of had like outsized, um, panic thresholds for when a game is in actual development. Hell, like the, the development for this game has been rocky, but it hasn't been as bad as people have made it out to be. Um, they've had to do some, they've had, you know, they've, the normal cycle of, well, we only, we have a $40 million budget or whatever it is for this. Um, you know, Tony Khan eventually, I believe started pumping more money into it, but we don't know the numbers on that. Um, so they started out with a big list of features they wanted to do. And over time they've had to cut a lot. Um, you know, just like with any video game, there's, there's going to be a lot of cut content in those files. Um, and a lot of dramas ensued about like what characters are going to be in it, what wrestlers are going to be in it, you know, who's who's being on the main roster and who has to wait for DLC. And it's been so long, and the roster has turned over so much that that Cody Rhodes guy I mentioned is actually a huge part of the game. Well, sure, he's, of course, he would be, right? yeah, because he was when it started. Like, and the story mode in this campaign is like the first year of AEW, which Cody was the main character of, or one of the one of the two main characters of. Um, and so it, it, what it plays like, because um, we've seen gameplay footage of it because it's about to come out, um, it plays basically like with those old Nintendo 64 um, wrestling titles from when Ukes was at their the height of their, their popularity. Um, so like the No Mercy game, the, um, the WCW NWO N64 game, um, those titles. And it won, um, it was at Gamescom, it won the best uh, sports slash racing game at show. Cool. Um, apparently not a hugely... Um, uh, not hotly contested. Competitive, yeah, not a hot, hotly, not a highly competitive division this year, but they did win it. Um, and Kenny Omega was supposed to go to Japan to the Tokyo Game Show to present AEW Fight Forever, whose main character on the cover, front and center, is CM Punk. Um, to to uh, to a large audience, it was supposed to be one of the one of the big because Kenny is huge in Japan. He's, he's well, a massive sure, star. Course. Yeah. Um, Why is CM Punk the main character on the front, even though he has only done like? Because he's a big draw. 
Okay. It's like he was. It's like all right. So um, if if the Phillies signed, it's not Barry Bonds. Who is he? Um, well, I, I, I when the remember when Philly, when the Phillies signed Bryce Harper, he became the main character of the Phillies, right? Even yeah. Oh, I guess had, it's like they they signed uh, what's his name? Um, oh, a while back he was on. Um, I'm not gonna remember, but he was a Yankee. Oh, Danny Tartable. They signed Danny Tartable, and Danny Tartable had all of like eight plate appearances his whole Phillies career. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, he was still it, like, oh, Danny Tartable. He's on the Phillies. Yeah, okay, so they still got four uh, before before Punk started breaking everything in his body while everyone while making everyone mad. He still had like four to five great months of wrestling for the company. So he wasn't he wasn't fully like it wasn't like a, a Glenn Davis trade thing, um, which is the Orioles, Orioles version of that. Um, it was more like um, Albert Bell on the Orioles. OK. Um, think of it like that. Um, so, yeah, he was like, but he's like the main, he was, the thing is he, he costs so much money to bring in and he draws so much money uh, and mind share and new fans and people, like people who watch AEW specifically for CM Punk uh, for a, a, a company that really wants to jack up its TV numbers going into a contract renegotiation for its TV deal uh, early next year um, that he basically gets whatever he wants. And he gets to be the face of the company. Um, you know, that's, that's just how it works that, you know, that's not a CM Punk thing. That's a, uh, if they signed, um, I don't know, um, Roman Reigns or whatever away from, um, or John's, I mean, it's hard to come up with a, with an analog to CM Punk. Uh, you know, John Cena, the guy who plays Peacemaker, if they signed him, you know, Cena's ego, Cena wouldn't be as big of a draw as CM Punk, but, you know, he'd be like right there on the cover, maybe front and center. Um, you know, any big guy like this is like a big guy uh, coming into a smaller pond and bringing with him a dedicated fan base. Um, and he has the ego to match. So he's not going to he was never going to be a, like even if even if things worked out really well for CM Punk and AEW, he was never going to be a guy who's doing what wrestler Brian Danielson is doing in the company, who also came over from WWE. And Danielson is basically just playing second fiddle to all the young guys, putting the young guys over, um, not winning as many matches as his fans think he, think he should because he's there basically to teach and to help uh, younger wrestlers get better. And that's what he likes doing. Like during his WWE run, Danielson had to be told, because it's funny, cause people complain when he was there about um, Vince McMahon and, and Triple H, who was obviously the authority figure on the screen at the time, burying Brian Danielson, but Brian Danielson loves to lose wrestling matches. Like, um, cause he knows that, like, cause they're fake. <laughs> like his thing is that he's the best wrestler in the world and he wants to help people get better and he wants to put on great matches and he doesn't care if they, if they, if he wins or loses because he doesn't have that same tie that everyone else in the industry does to the kayfabe, the, the match results on the story and the, their larger popularity. Um, which, and that tie is very real because the more successful you are in the fake fighting, the more money you get. Um, so right. it is in your interests to be egotistical about this stuff, especially since like the rules say that the other guy can't just go in the ring and say, fuck the story and pin you. Right. Like if he does that, he's like blackballed and out of the company and everything. Well, yeah, he'd be done at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it's in your best interest to always push your advantage and be selfish um, if you're a top guy in a company and you're in your personal short term interests. And in that sense, CM Punk was no different than just about anybody else. Um, but he was not going to be a guy who did, came in and then was like in the back row on the cover. No, he was going to be front and center. Um, 
so we don't know what the hell the story is going to be with um, the Tokyo Game Show coming up, which is uh, the 15th. Oh, it's quick. It's close. Yeah. September 15th to the 18th. Um, I am guessing that Kenny Omega, unless this, because uh, right now they're doing an HR investigation into the, into the, the fight. Um, it's very funny because the video game is called fight forever. And I believe and it's a fight. <laughs> I believe that they're going to, people are going to get a lot of mileage out of jokes about, um, yeah, that sure. Sort of I, I would or, expect it's still, it's already starting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, unless the, unless the investigation wraps up real quick, uh, and Kenny Omega is cleared, like, and his side of the story is found to be the uh, trusted one, and, you know, he was just there to save the dog. Um, I don't believe he'll be the one making that presentation. The presentation might just be canceled. Um, mind you, who, who could they even send? They might... I don't think they have... They don't have another uh, another star who's anywhere near as big in Japan as uh, Kenny Omega. And the thing is, that Kenny Omega speaks fluent Japanese. So uh, they certainly don't have a guy of his stature who can speak the language. That well, yeah, sure. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. So, man, so they kind of lost all their big stars in one fell swoop. Yeah, they've got stars still. Um, but they lost some real big heavy hitting talent in, you know, the matter matter of an, like 15 minutes. <laughs> that fight lasted um it lasted six minutes including the shouting um apparently like you know 45 seconds obviously is forever in a fight but you know right. around around that in terms of actual violence hmm. um and now the company's uh trajectory is forever altered uh including the video game and i was really looking forward to that video game better not get fucking delayed again it might um all right, so that was uh, 37 minutes on professional wrestling. Uh, well, let's talk about Call of Duty then. Yes. Um, so Call of Duty has been announced. Uh, it, they're skipping 2023, I believe the business plan is, uh, to focus on servicing uh, their per- currently existing um, modern warfare and whatever, whatever their, their games of service titles are right now. They're, um, they're going to focus on those in 2023. 2024 is going to have a new title, uh, and that title is going to be have its campaign set during the war in Iraq. Um, it's, uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation During Freedom, which mm-hmm. are, um, uh, the, when you say the war in Iraq to people our age, that's what we think about. That's 2003, um, through, I think, 2006. I'd have to actually see when During Freedom ended. Quick, quick look up. Someone's going to get mad at us. Yeah. No, and During Freedom is, is the, is the, uh, overarching, uh, operation the web uh, for it included Afghanistan. Uh, so it ran from 2001 to 2014. Iraqi freedom is the obvious which phase of the war that is. Um, so all we've gotten so far is the cover, which is what appears to be Captain Price, the ubiquitous SAS dip, dipshit. Um, you know, standing on the cover in one of his tactical you know sweater vest things with a gun in like sand. Telling us absolutely fuck all about what this game plans to do. Sure, of course. Um, so they can go a couple different ways with this, and I know which way the studio that's handling it, Treyarch, usually goes. They're the ones behind the Black Ops games. What they like to do is they like to put real-world people in there. They like to have those real-world people say fucking crazy things. Um, 
Their games are generally right-wing fever dreams. Um, uh, they're, they're the Ollie North guys. The guys um, who are responsible for the section of Black Ops 2 with Jonas Savimbi and Ollie North. <coughs> Excuse me. Ah. You're good. Uh, yeah. Ollie North, um, basically, you know, telling you, uh, having your, your character um, parachute into the Africa in the 80s to help Savimbi, like, murder a bunch of uh, left-wing or communist um, rebels. Um, and they're also the guys behind um, the most recent uh, Black Ops game, uh, the one with Reagan in it, telling you to do secret war shit. Um, basically, they're not afraid in the slightest to just use historical figures. So we could be in for uh, Donald Rumsfeld showing up. Well, yeah, we could be in for a real treat. Um, this is uh, this is terrifying in, in its way. Yeah, like so. The the dry run on this was um the 2019 Modern Warfare, which was handled by a different studio um for the Call of Duty franchise. And what that was was they did fake Syria, um a a U.S. flattering version of uh, a fake version of the Syrian war, uh, where the Russians were the aggressors, um instead of it being a a proxy fight. Um, based on destabilization from what we did in Iraq. Um, and, you know, this was, this was the game where famously the Russians were responsible for the highway of death. Right, um, right, yes. And that game wasn't, it took, had a large section of it that took place in not Syria. But, you know, there was, there was the, the terrorism section in London. There was, you know, stuff all over the globe. We might be looking at a situation where this is, where the war in Iraq is just one, set piece in a larger like bargain bin Tom Clancy um globe trotting uh what's so funny about all this though is that like no one plays the single they player do campaigns now people say that and I don't believe it um I think a lot of people do play them I think that if they didn't play them they wouldn't get the amount of clear investment from the defense department that they do as a propaganda tool um, I think what I think the people who don't play them, the reason they seem not to be played that much is because the influencers don't play them. Like the influencers are just psychotically focused on the multiplayer. Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll do a run through the campaign campaign on launch night while the servers are fucked or something. But, you know, they'll never touch it again. But I think ca- for casual players, the campaign is still very, very is very much a draw, especially mm-hmm. for people who can't. Can't compete in multiplayer. <laughs> like multiplayer, uh, frankly, to me, just doesn't seem fun. Um, with the way that it's monetized and like you know the the amount of time, like the amount of time you have to put into it to become good at it. Is, oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Like a college uh, a college student. Yeah, like, yeah. Once you're out of college, you don't have that time anymore. Um, so I think there. I think that the uh, the campaign does have a lot of like passive accumulation. Now I don't think any campaign has been as notorious since the days of uh, modern warfare or early modern warfare, like no Russian, obviously like 2010, 2011, whenever that was, um, they haven't, they haven't ever hit those heights ever, ever since with cultural penetration. Uh, but they haven't really tried to like, they've played it really safe um, in terms of uh, what they like. Obviously they'll, they have their historical stuff that they do like um, the Ollie North shit, the, um, uh, the shit with, um, like advanced warfare, whatever, whatever the one was that had uh, Idris Elba in it, had you like invading Korea 
in like 2035 or something. And, you know, that one was sort of want it's wanted to present itself like it was a risk taking politically, you know, politically motivated story, but was also like almost completely sci fi with like power suits and completely autonomous, like drones replacing um, helicopters. And so once you get to that level of technological extraction, um, it stops being like a commentary on a world events and starts being sci fi. Um, so they, they, they didn't really land it there. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they haven't really actually gone for anything as hard hitting as No Russian. Where you, if for anyone not aware, uh, like very few if, people. If you're not aware, read. you haven't read the book, so that's yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, they uh, you do a mass shooting in an airport as a CIA um, false flag. Well, you are a CIA false flag. The attack itself is very, very much an ultranationalist Russian massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, that and that, uh, as readers of Trevor's book will know. Uh, that um, scene was so incendiary and effective at what it was trying to do, which was get caught controversy. That there's like an entire there's an option toggle in the menu to turn it off. Yeah, you don't have to play it. Yeah. Um, the but they've never tried anything like that again. Um, if there's anyone who is who are enough of like line stepping freaks to make that proposition a second time in 2024. It would be Treyarch. Um, it would be amazing if they after after the three days in the Fallujah thing to do this. Did that never come out? No, because it was See, so. Con- it didn't yeah. even come out. So here's that, the thing. That's what makes I, me think I, maybe it's not happening. Here's the thing I worry about is that they decide instead of the globe trotting, Tom Clancy, teethless, um, you know, action movie that uh, that the other studios put out whenever they do one of these games. They decide to relitigate Fallujah. Um, they just put Al Sadr in the game. They directly say that Al Sadr is a Russian and Iranian asset. They directly say that it is Russia and Putin's fault that we had to go into Fallujah with those depleted uranium rounds and do what we did. And then also, we're going to render Fallujah. You know, there's just going to be three missions, which are Fallujah. Uh, and you're doing that shit, and you're killing those kids, and you're killing those women, and you're just, you know, they definitely blowing up that won't do that. that it, so they, I mean, the other news about Call of Duty is that they merged with, uh, yeah, yeah. The it's a Microsoft property now. Yeah. Microsoft does not want to fuck up the money. <laughs> There's no way that yeah. this is not a Microsoft choice. I mean, if if you're if it's like I could see that happening with some small studio like the studio that made Three Days of Fallujah. There's no way Treyarch's doing that. <laughs> All Absolutely right. no chance. Do you think there will be a Fallujah level? No. All right. That is where I'm willing to put the, the bet on. I okay. believe there will be a Fallujah level. I, you know, does that count as if it's like. I, unquote, I don't think it'll Fallujah? be like how I, I don't think it'll be how I just described it. I think that think, they will. Is it OK if it's not? It, does it count for your win if it's not called Fallujah, but we're just like, oh, that's Fallujah? Because uh, hmm, I think they could maybe do that like a like a it, like, it, a, like if they phosphorus. Don't, Spec Ops the line deal, but they'll never do something called Fallujah. If they don't call it Fallujah, there is a much higher bar of brutality it has to clear. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take that bet. All right. I think there will be, I think they will have an actual Fallujah level in the game. I don't see it, but Um, it's an interesting bet. Yeah. Um, And I would not be making that bet if it wasn't Treyarch. (laughs) Right. Because I, the, I, that studio, unless they've undergone a, a severe change of leadership recently, and it wasn't so long ago they made their last game, those dudes get off on that stuff. 
Like that is that that is what the Black Ops series trademark is, is, you know, we're going to do crazy real life. We're going to do our version of crazy real life shit from the past. Um, so, yeah, that's um, what else? Oh, yes. The other thing is that, um, as Trav mentioned, the um, that might the Microsoft Blizzard um, Activision merger is. At this point, you know, at this point, it, do they ever stop mergers in this country anymore? It doesn't seem no. like they ever stop mergers. Mergers are all country. good now. It's it's yeah. solid. It's nice. The only person is that darn killjoy Bernie Sanders, and that's it. Yeah. He so, like him. And sometimes, if it's if it's baseball, sometimes, like, Dick Durbin will say something. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody loves, the, the, loves to be able to throw their weight around on, ba- on America's pastime. Um, yeah, so the other thing is that, obviously, going to... Microsoft as their as their parent company means that uh, their relationship with Sony PlayStation is much different, and Sony PlayStation has um, recently begun complaining. Um, Jim Ryan, chief complainer, um, at this guy loves uh, complaining. Uh, he's, well, he's the guy who obviously who doesn't. Um, if you recall, he's guy who doesn't like understand old games. He doesn't get why you would play an old game because the resolution isn't as good. Like, like he thinks of them like phones or cars. Um, like, why would you ever play an old game when the, there are fewer pixels? That rules. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so um, he, uh, Microsoft has promised to keep Call of Duty on. This is the Games Industry Biz article. Microsoft has promised to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for three years, beyond the cur- beyond the current agreement between Activision and Sony, says PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan in a statement provided to GamesIndustry.biz. Ryan says the offer was inadequate on many levels. Uh, you know, you should probably be happy you're not getting zero <laughs> years. I, yeah, honestly, guy. it's like pretty amazing to say that it was like, inadequate when, yeah, you're you're dealing with like some some pretty serious. Uh, Maybe there's some maybe there's a high, like a high level negotiation play here that's only obvious to the alpha boardroom set, um, but Microsoft is setting up to completely cut Sony out of the games ecosystem with Game Pass. Like that is the point of Game Pass. It is to make Sony a hardware company unable to keep up on the portfolio software side. Um, that is why they're buying all of these companies. That is why they're make, like they're they're trying to make game ownership a non you know a thing of the past. Like, they don't want physical discs to exist anymore. They want you to pay to a subscription service that gives you access to all of the games. And eventually, once they've dominated the market, they'll start jacking that cost up, just like Netflix did. Um, and then probably, uh, you see, the thing about Netflix is that they were never actually, like, they were always a phantom service. So when anybody else started doing streaming, things started falling apart. But I don't see anyone else in the marketplace being able to ever rival Microsoft in terms of the Game Pass library. No, they can't throw the money at it the way yeah. they can. Yeah. Um, and they pay well. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, the lot the people that we know from the show who have got on Game Pass, like, I remember we talked about this with uh, Norco. Um, the the devs there, I asked, I asked them, like, what 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 it was, like, how how was it going on Game Pass? And they were like, yeah, it's like, it was the reason we could put out the game the way we did. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not, they're not, not tossing around money here. They are outselling everyone. Yeah. I mean, and that's how you start this, this process. And once you have control of the market, then things change, obviously. And um, at this point, like, I don't actually think that, I think Call of Duty is still at the level of 
cultural signifier that Xbox, like the, I think the three years thing from Xbox is very indicative. That's when they think that either Call of Duty's status as a social or cultural phenomenon will have degraded such, or their ability to be the sole provider of a social or cultural phenomenon will have upgraded as such, that it will no longer be necessary to indulge um, the market share of PlayStation owners. Um, yeah. No, I and, think that's, uh, look, I mean, computers are getting better. Game yeah. Pass is getting, you're, you basically have two thirds of the market at that point, Xbox owners and, and PC players. And if, if Call of Duty players see, okay, like now it's just coming out of Microsoft, the next time they buy a console, they'll buy a Microsoft console and that'll be that. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I don't see how uh, Sony gets out of this headlock. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I've, I've long learned not to predict this kind of stuff, but it, it does seem like a very, very bad situation for them. Uh, not that I care. I mean, yeah. ultimately, who cares? But, um, you know, it's all it's, they would both they would both make it so that you had to pay a billion dollars just to play, you know, an hour of video games, period. They love they just love money. It's not it's yeah. not a it's not an argument about like who is more moral, but. It, it, I, I get it. Like it's, it's you know, console wars are console wars. They're interesting, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend any of your precious time uh, wondering how it's going to play out because that is just a uh, the tricky, tricky thing. That's about the news. Do you have any news? Oh, not really. No, I mean everything's pretty quiet right now. Last week was was bigger. Um, uh, no, nothing. Um, I thought I had something for a minute there, but I, yeah, I mean. The queen dying was the big news for today. Mm-hmm. Um, she won't get to play the new Call of Duty, which is a shame. But um, Tony Blair will, and that's that's what's important. Um, he might even be in it. It's possible. Shit. I mean, that's that's the kind of guy you could definitely get. Come on, what does he have to lose? You'll at least get his likeness. Like yeah. that guy's willing to um, do money deals with, like you know, sat with House of Saud and all. Of, like he's that guy just loves the Saudi money, guys. dude. That guy loves money. Like he'll go with even the minor, like the the Emirate Emirates. He'll go with anybody there that, that's got the cash. He's uh, you know, he's down. I mean, you got to admire the 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 sort of like purity of spirit there. But yeah. um, yeah, no, no news, no news that I can think of. Um, you know, keep playing video games and stuff. They're fun. Yeah, um, good way to detach from uh, troubling uh, real world issues. Um, don't get COVID. Mm-hmm. Do we want to discuss what games we're playing this week? or? I don't have on? new ones, actually. I'm, I'm right. playing the same games I was. How about you? I've been playing Spider-Man, but I can wait to talk about it until next time um, when it's not going to be like another 20 minutes. Of okay, talking. sounds good. All right, John. Well, uh, we will see you again next week. This is nice to be doing it again. Uh, yep. And, uh, yeah. Uh, tune oh, in next um, week. Goonhammer.com. Oh, Goonhammer.com. Um, and, and, John, and John Bernhardt on Twitter, of course. Yes, uh, my Stone Shard review has dropped there, where I extol the virtues of D and D Fourth Edition. There you go. That's the that's the isn't that that's sort of the that's sort of the stepchild edition that no one likes. Well, yes, as no one, I um, I I, I, <laughs> I mean, no one but you. Lot. You're bringing it back. You're sort of <laughs> yes. you're doing you're doing the you're doing the work. Oh, there's all sorts of drama about the new D and D edition that I just do not want to pay. Is there D and D six? Okay, we'll have to talk. Yeah. About that. Oh boy. All right. Well. Can't wait to hear about those races. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, catch us next week, and uh, we'll yeah. see you then. Bye. Yeah.